When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurous. Now we shall I shall be doing one of the Proving Ground adventures. These are a special series of very long very long exciting adventures adventures that you can start from a few locations in Twithick, Orklaw, I think Gladock and Talanus. Right there, yeah, and there, there's there's six of them. Right here, the, all right. This is what the game says: the Proving Grounds events are special multi-part adventures to test, designed to test the metal of Swift's bravest adventures. These special adventures are available exclusively to Adventurers Guild prescribers. Please select the Blue Grounds events so low whisk can play. If you're not yet ready to tackle these adventures, you may go back. Now, I'm going to do Proving Grounds 2, The Perilous Streets. The wilds of Tisa aren't the only places that harbour danger. The twisting streets and narrow alleys of towns and cities that dot the landscape are filled with perils, both numerous and deadly. Alright, now... You get, in these Improving Ground Adventures, you get scored, you get, you get, you, you get your scored based on how, how, how many of the scenarios you get through without dying or otherwise failing. And if you get, and you can get, get through the entire thing without, get through the entire scenario without, without dying... Then you get fabulous prizes. In this case, it's going to be adventurer tokens. Twenty-four of them, if you if you get it right. And you know, proving ground adventures is if you fail, it is saved automatically. So you tend, you've got to be absolutely sure you can handle them before you start them. Because 
if you if you if you fail them, you will lose ATs, and that's a big deal because ATs are the super premium currency. All right, now here they are, and, and each proving grounds is that is divided into little chapters, which you do, which, but after which you are fully healed. And then you can move on to the next. Right, part 1. Trithica Dawn. The first light of day finds the streets of the Alderstone. Here's a link. Trithic, the Alderstone. The city of Trithic has long been a blight on the landscape of the kingdom of Tassa. Engine has it that the seedy witherport was created when a villager's maze carelessly tossed an enchanted gemstone into a field of tall grass. As the legend tells it, the snakes in the fields grew into men, and thus Twithick was born. Although the legend has hardly an historic legend to stand on. Historical legends are, and comparing many of the citizens' dens of the snakes, may not be a great stretching of reality. Over the past few years, strings in Twithick have gone from bad to work. Many of the citizens, parliament, merchants and tradesmen, have left for friendlier streets. And despite its continuous status as a trade gateway, poverty and crime continue to rise. Despite its notorious reputation as a haven for smugglers, thieves and other criminal ilk, it remains the busiest witherport in all of Tissa, and still serves as a main trade gate to all points north, east and south within the kingdom. Recently, Thane Pond, one of the kingdom's five Thanes, has made made the city of Pritrithic his personal crusade, exercising authority under the crown. Pritrithic entered Trithic with a private militia force, made up of his own men as well as several mercenary legions, and sent up, set up about the task of cleaning up the city. The thane's first order of business was established a dusk-to-dawn curfew for the city. With the exception of the city's busy wheel of war, which still operates at all hours, Bowen's armed troops have began patrolling the streets after dusk to enforce the curfew. The Titian army also keeps a garrison of troops in the city, and the excessive military leaders have grown to dislike Bowen and his armed force. There have been several clashes between Thane Bowen's militia and Titian army's regulars. News of the armed are, are growing resentment as which King Renard in Tunnelus, and he's considered ordering the ordering pillar to take his troops and leave the city. However, the king is reluctant to resort to massacres because the first time in many years there's progress made, being made cleaning up cleaning up the streets of Alderstone. One of Twithick's most famous, or perhaps infamous, attractions is the Russell Grouse Gambling Hall, located in the north sector of the city. Alright, okay, now... This is part one. The first venture is Out of the Mist. A thick band, a thick bank of early morning fog has rolled in to conceal Trithic's lower river front. As you make your way along the quayside, you are suddenly confronted by a dark shape emerging from the mist. A bent, cowled figure lurks out, lurches out of the fog and draws up before you. Instinctively, you reach for your weapon. Your instinct has not betrayed you. 
The cloud figure raises its head, and you are horrified to find yourself staring into wide, ravenous eyes of a wolf. The wolf creature snarls and leaps at you, its long claws outstretched to sink into your flesh. You now fight the snarling wolf band. I fight. Yeah, and the sinister wolf creature wakes you with its long claws. I keep fighting and keep fighting. I have slain my foe for experience points. The wolf creature flashes about on the ground in the throes of death while while you take a moment to recover from combat. A noise to your left causes you to turn, you turn just in time to throw two more of, of the wolf men leaping at you from the shadows. You have but a split second to act. I can use fortification. I need 20 plus. Or... I can attempt to dodge. I'm going to use fortification. 16 XP. The two leaping wolfman smash into a barrier of blue sparks. <coughs> and that suddenly appeared in the path of their flight. With loud grunts, the two hideous creatures topple to the ground. Before they have a chance to regain their bearings, you set upon the monstrous, monstrous pair. I brave the attack. Two dazed wolfmen. Beginning the attack. Alright, I've just rolled a 20, so they're, half, they're already half dead. And uh, I attack some more. Yep, the sinister wolf creatures wake you with their claws. And they are down. 4xp. A ghastly howl goes up from the last of the wolfmen as he slumps to the street to join his dead queen. You dead kin, you dare not relax your guard and spend the next several minutes watching racing, almost anticipating an attack out the top. When you are relatively certain of your immediate sensor, you quickly search the bodies of slain creatures and, uh, uh, and creatures and discover a leather bag containing a large quantity of gold. Decide to dump the three corpses in Zwilla. But shocked to discover that in the place of three dead wolf creatures are three human bodies. Two men and a woman. And they take solace in the fact that whatever curse afflicted these people no longer torments them. You offer a silent prayer over the slain humans and dispose of their bodies in the most dignified manner you can, ac- you can accommodate before quickly setting off on your way. 8 XP to General. Right now, the next one is... A sticky situation. And I'm going to begin this scenario. While strolling along one of Twithick's wither front streets, just, just as dawn is breaking, you are suddenly startled by the rattling of a sewer grate a few yards ahead. Suddenly, the heavy iron grate is cast into the air as a thick orange tentacle shoots up from below. The tentacle lashes out in your direction and whaps itself about your midsection. You struggle frantically against the monstrosity as you are steadily dragged, dragged towards the open sewer gate. I can use destruction or elementalism. Mm, I'm going to use... Oh, I could just attack the tentacle. I'm going to use elementalism. Oh, it, oh, it failed. You struggle in desperation against the tentacle. As you try to prevent it from dragging you to whatever fate awaits you beneath the street. 
So somewhere deep in the neverness, an elemental has received a call. Oh, what? No. What? What? Zoop. Zoop needs my help. Eh, nah. Nope. Nope. Oh. I needed you, elemental. Oh. I got to stoically attack the orange tentacle. Uh -uh. The orange tentacle tightens up its grip around your torso. Yet I'm somehow fighting it. I guess it didn't grip, grip me properly. <laughs> oh, a savage blow upon your enemy. 10 damage and then 23 from the normal attack. Keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. It is slain. 5 XP. Having released its grip on you, the tentacle slides back into the open sewer grate and disappears from view. You're about to turn and move away from here. When Mustulhara, a second tentacle, shoots up out the shadows and streaks towards your chest. I've got to pick a number, 1 to 100. Bonus 20 from agility. And I've got to get 50 or more. Pick now. Failure, oh dear. The sticky tentacle quickly wraps itself around your torso, burning your flesh with the, with the caustic slime that coats it. You've lost eight stanima points. Having survived the initial assault, you counter with your own attack as the tentacle renews its deadly grip whip on you. You starkly fight the orange tentacle. The sword hums as it cuts through the air. The orange tentacle brightens its grip around your torso. Keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, and slain. 5 XP. Thankful to survive such an unpleasant encounter, you take stock of your possessions and spend the next few minutes catching your breath for once again setting off on your way. Alright, the next one is the Britsequin Gang, whoever that are. Begin the scenario. The first, the first pale light of dawn on a cold summer morning in Twithick finds you making your way along a deserted lane in the eastern quarter of the city. As you near the end of the street, you catch sight of a group of five figures slinking through the shadows on the opposite side of the lane. Concealed in the shadows, you watch with growing curiosity as the group of figures move, moves, moves aside a sewer grating prefer to descend into the makeshift portal they fashioned. Suddenly, one of the figures looks up and thrusts a gloved hand in your direction. You've been spotted. The five figures start towards you from across the lane. As they walk harder, you are horrified to find yourself staring at the watching faces of the dead. You defiantly hold your ground against the five advancing undead, while your mind races to, races to come up with the next course of action. You're not welcome on Britsican ground. This is the closest of the hideous ghouls. Oh, there's a link for them. The Britsican Grand. Named after the seat in Twithic, the Britsican Grand was a brand of rogues that earned a reputation, not only for their brazen acts of decency, but also for the savage brutality they often employed. Led by a Fardanese master thief named Choto. The gang earned a fearsome reputation and managed to evade capture for more than a decade. Finally, in a standoff, the city guards Koto and a good number of his men were burned to death 
when the tavern in which they were holed up was set aflame. For the two hundred years since their demise, it's been said that the spectral Toto and those of his minions still haunt the singing, seeking revenge on those who bought their wain of plundering to end. Well, well, they're all dead by now, so you, you can move on. You can move on now. You can do it as a wall, and you're a ghost. Stop seeking revenge once everyone who was around when you when when you died is dead. Because otherwise you're just picking fights with random people. And that's just that's just a mean, but admittedly you were mean while you were alive, so I guess there's no real change in that case. Run him through and collect his scrap, says a second ghoul. The name Bursiclimp sends a shiver the length of your spine, for it is the name given to a notorious band of cutthroats that terrorised the city of Twithick over two centuries ago. You have little reason to doubt that you've encountered at least part of this legendary band, Wizen from the Dead. I can use illusion or necromancy. Okay, I'm going to use illusion. Just going to see what happens. Succeeded. 16 XP to Illusion. An illusionary group of three town guardsmen appear to your left, each holding a drawn sword or, or sword and a blazing torch. For reasons well understood, three of the undead take several back, steps back and then turn and flee. The illusionary guards pursue you, leaving to face the two undead that remain. Okay. The two remaining ghouls stride forward. The larger of the two wields a hefty hammer. The other has not yet produced a weapon. In a waspy voice, the Yaran dead issues a chilling command to this hammer-wielding counterpart. Chubrick leg slapper! Splinter his bones! The large ghoul slurches towards you. His hammer poised to strike you a deadly glow. I fight Herbic Leg Snapper. Alright. Don't snap my legs. I need them for walking. <laughs> and kicking. I'm keeping my pants on. And having somewhere to put my shoes. <laughs> the brutish undead thief swipes at you with a weighty hammer. Ooh, a particularly brutal stroke for ten damage. It's teach to Oh, I have granted into battle wage, and there he goes. Twenty-one XP. The remaining ghoul draws a dagger and steps forward to engage you. Two hundred years of vengeance slaught does not end by your hand, croaks the dagger-wielding undead in a graspy voice. Greater than by you than leagues have been those who have learned to fear my aim. I welcome you into the arms of death. As you move to defend your, yourself against a golem sudden attack, you have no doubt you now face Krotol, the long-dead leader of the Butsikan gang. Undead master thief Krotol, I fight. 
you. Alright, oh, it's the From Dead Thief stabs at me, but I slash at them with my much, much bigger sword. Yep, and I fight, I fight, and he is slain again. Oh, maybe he'll stay down this time. 37 XP. Two centuries of restless death come to an abrupt end as the young dead Clotottle emits a piteous squeak and collapses to the ground at your feet. You make a quick search of the enemy's remains and discover a sizable quantity of gold in a leather bag roped to one of their rotting waste. 79 gold tokens. You also take note of the gagger was wounds by Cotter. Seems to be a weapon of great quality. It's a superior dagger. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm just going to sell that. It's not. It's not a. It's not a special dagger. It's not a unique, a unique item. It's just a, a generic superior quality dagger. Yep, so I won't even be able to tell which one was his. After disposing of the corpses of the undead, you once again set off on your way through the city, heading east with the chill of the wind of early morning at your back. 8xp to general. And that's three victories in three attempts so far. Night patrol. In the southern part of Trithic, just prior to the break of dawn, you encounter a group of four mercenaries nearing the end of a long night patrol. These hired fighters, employed by Thane Proend to help keep the peace within the city seem more often than not, little better than the criminal ramp against which they operate. As the mercenaries approach, the brazen band moves up and belligerently surrounds you. One of the mercenaries accuses you of being a thief, owing to, the, owing to your early morning travel along the city streets. The others laugh and voice their agreement. When their words and actions failed to elicit the fearful response that they had hoped, the men become agitated, and one of them repeats the accusation while stabbing at you with their finger. Suddenly, before you've had time to react to this unacceptable development, something shrieks at you from the left. One of the men is attempting to bring the pommel of his sword down upon your head. Oh no, not pommels! From what I've heard, they're incredibly deadly! Alright, yes, I got random number 1 to 100, bonus 20 from agility, success 50 or more. Let's see what happens. Success! 63 is the number. 4 XP to general. You lean back, barely dodging the vicious blow by a fraction of an inch. Two of the mercenaries are immediately upon you, slashing wildly at you with their drawn blades. You have little doubt this pair of belligerent mercenaries mean you a great deal of harm. Two belligerent mercenaries. Now I'm going to subdue this enemies because... If you if you start killing law enforcement, you get you're gonna get, you're gonna be in a lot of trouble. Even if I am friends with the Thane, I I mean you well, not even the Thane can just sweep away murder that sweep away 
death that easily. So I'm going to subdue the enemy. Uh -huh. Also, I don't. I If there's an option to subdue, I usually take it. The two mercenaries swing at you wildly with their short swords. Yeah, yeah, and now just subduing. When you subdue, you deal a lot less damage because you are not trying to kill them, so it's it's you it's harder. Oh, oh and I've just entered into battle wage. But a subdued battle wage. I, I'm just I'm not trying to I'm not trying to club. I'm not trying to get. I'm not into a death fury. I'm into a severely wounded fury. Against them, severe wounding fury. Yep. Uh, oh, and they are subdued. Five XP. The two mercenaries stagger away from you and rejoin their shock companions. Without a word, the four men move quickly away from here, leaving you alone in the middle of the street. You can only imagine it be quite some time before they attempt to waylay another stranger on their patrols. You emerge you emerge from the southern district and find yourself crossing Blaze Square, just as dawn breaks over the city. The Elderstone stirs as the first signs of life the first signs of life take to its street, with a port and its inhabitants prepare for another day. Please continue. And now on the streets of Seer, part one. That's the second part of Proving Grounds because he gets it's grouped into parts, and each part has each part has scenarios. One of the largest garrisons of the Tyrson army is located in the double-walled city of Sir. That hardly means its streets are free from danger. The next one is called Rolling Death. Begin the scenario. As you're making your way through the market in Sears Grand Square, several panicked shouts suddenly ring out. You look up and immediately your eyes fall upon the cause of the commotion. A driverless wagon, loaded with timber, rumbles through the square, drawn by a team of sport of spooked horses who gallop with reckless abandon towards a group of playing children, the children oblivious of speeding rabbit that is bearing down upon you. Okay, I can use fortification, illusion, telekinesis, or... or... or gating. Now, I'm going to use telekinesis, because I just spent some time... To, I, 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 I recently rose that all the way up to level 60 for, for this circumstance. Alright, I'm going to use it, and you call upon your power of telekinesis. Succeeded! Phew. 256 experienced the telekinesis. Your body trembles as your power of telekinesis courses is through you. With skint seconds to spare, the stampeding horses, stampeding horses and the speeding wagon suddenly rise into the air, passing several feet over the heads of the startled children. Whoa! Yep, that's some pretty impressive telekinesis, isn't it? That's Yoda level. 
a, a unifying gas, gas issues from the crowd of stone lookers. The horses, the women, touch safely beyond the children. A raucous cheer goes up throughout the square. The crowd in the Grand Square, having witnessed your heroic actors, gathers around you and erupts into applause. You humbly accept their gratitude, as well as the hugs of the grateful children those lives you spared, before slipping out the square to continue on your way. Yay! I'm a hero with magical powers. I just saved the day do, 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 beneath the slab. Begin the scenario. While, while travelling through the city, you encounter a horrifying scene. A group of men calling for help are huddled around a large slab of stone. Upon close inspection, you discover that a man is trapped beneath the impossibly heavy weight. Though a man is still barely conscious, you know he's being slowly crushed to death. If you, I can use telekinesis, and I will. You attempt to summon your power of telekinesis. Attempt to channel it now. Succeeded. 128 experience to telekinesis. Your body temp trembles as you as you channel your power of telekinesis and hope focuses on the heavy stone slab. Slowly, the weighty sheet of rock begins to vibrate. Then suddenly, it floats upwards several inches. You wince in discomfort as you mint. Maintain your focus on the slab, while, while two men rush in and pull the trapped man to safety. You release your focus and the thick, thick sheet of stone crashes to the ground with a reverberating thud. You are met with several sewer crosses and, and several pairs of hands slap you on the back as the formerly trapped man gasps for air and is tended to by several people. Actually, after several minutes, the man has shaken off most of the ill effects of... His ideal appears to have suffered no lasting harm. He steps forward and thanks you profoundly. You wish him well, set off on your way. Okay, and now this is the last part of this part. It's called Valk, Valk the Volga. Yep, and begin the snile. Outside the Silver Hill Tavern, in one of the less reputable parts of town, you encounter a distraught man who tells you that he has just been must have been swindled out of a valuable family heirloom by a merchant named Falk. You learn the merchant in question, who has a reputation for having a violent temper and for having little respect for the law, is known to the locals as Vark the Vulgar. It's not likely Vark should give you any trouble, says the man. Surely a man of your stature should, would, would be given a fair shake, even from a lizard like Vark. After several minutes of conversation, you decide out of pity that you attempt to retrieve the man's family heirloom and an eight silver brooch from Vark. The man, who introduces himself as Pluffar, tells you that Vark and his band of cohorts are still playing cards at the back of the tavern. You instruct him to wait here and cautiously make your way inside. At the back of the Silver Hill Tavern, you find Vark the Vulgar and three other men swilling down ale while in ghost in a game of Traitor's Gambit. The three men the three men stand up on the side, leaning up against the wall. Their hands move to the wooden cudgels that dangle from their belts as you approach. 
Vark, a rotund man whose statue and demeanour seem equally imposing, looks up and regards you with a derisive glance. You need something from me, stranger? he asks in an annoyed tone. Not wanting to appear intimidated, you boldly request that he hand over the still silver brooch he obtained by untoward means. Vark places his cards face down on the table and leans back in his chair. He folds his hard hands across his considerable midsection and looks over you carefully. Have a seat, friend, he says at last. Traitor's gambit is our game of choice. If you win, I'll see to it you get the trinket you seek. I don't recommend you lose. Vark nods, and one of the men bows out the car game, stands up, and offers you a seat. Vark nods, and one of the men bows out the car. Okay, so I can I can just refuse and demand the silver roach be returned at once, or I can play cards. Mm-hmm. Play cards against the merchant for the brooch. Not long into the game of Traitor's Gambit, it becomes quite apparent that Vark is cheating. Despite the obvious of his repeated infractions, neither of the two players seem willing to call him on it. He decided that accusing you of cheating would do little to accuse you, put little to further your chances of obtaining the brooch. Uh, brooch. And so you mull over the options available to you as you stare at your cards. I could use I could use thievery, illusion, or divination. No, hmm. Or I could attempt to play the game and win it square. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to use illusion. Oh dear, having failed to summon your power, you must now rely upon your card-playing skills. you have any hope of obtaining the brooch? Oh dear, oh dear. Now I, got to play the, now I have to play the game and attempt to win it square. You play your hand square, confident that skillful playing can overcome Bark's outrageous cheating. Number from 1 to 100, bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from luck, and 20 from spirit, oddly enough. Hmm, I don't know. I can get how mind would boost it. You'd be stinky of strategies, luck, obviously, but spirit? Is it, is it being able to intimidate him? Being able to bluff properly? Possibly? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or just the ability to just keep powering through. Or not losing my nerve, perhaps. Alright, got to get a hundred or more. Pick now. Success, 105. Dust one, dust one. A failed smile of satisfaction creeps across your face. As you lay down that, down that last in what has long, been a long series of winning hands for you. Vark scowls and throws down his cars. He slugs down the west of the air in his tankard and boats loudly before lurching a volley of curses across the table at you. 
Vark produces the silver brooch and slides it across the table to you. He glares contemptuously at you as he impatiently taps the table's top with his thick fingers. On your way now, he snarls. You'll be wise not to show your face about here any time soon, friend. You rise from the table and bow, quickly making your way out of the tavern. Piffle is overjoyed when you turn with the silver brooch. He tucks the item safely away and tells you he will never forget what you have done for me. Suddenly, from a sound from behind startles you, and you turn around, half expecting to confront one of Vark's minions, but surprisingly, no one is there. You turn back to Profile to surprise and shock to find he is no longer there. Even more mysterious than Profile's sudden disappearance, what has been left in his wake. Pinned to the edge of your left sleeve is a white loom. View. The mysterious white plume was left with you by a mysterious man named Puffra. Still puzzling over the odd encounter, you move away from the silver tavern and at once set off on your way. 16 XP to general. Alright, now on the streets of Seer, part 2. Cornered. On the day, and a series of dangerous encounters awaits you. Await the bold adventure on the teeming streets of Seer. I am cornered. Begin the scenario. The man, the man you have cornered in the dead-ended alley, has already slain two city guardsmen and grievously wounded five others. Only minutes ago, you witnessed the man's violent escape from a wagging load of prisoners, where he employed some sort of elemental magic to hurl bolts of lightning at his surprise captures. In the wake of his sudden attack, two of the wagging guards were dead, and a handful of others left desperately clinging to life. Without a second thought, you, look, you, you took up pursuit as he fled, and chased him into the valley where... You now have him cornered. From behind his thick mane of glaying hair, graying hair, the wild-eyed prison, escaped prisoner glares at you contemporarily. I'll only be taken as a corpse, he hisses, sending his palm outwards towards you. A blinding flash fills the, fills the alley as tines of lightning erupt from his hand and streak through the air towards you. If you had the power of fortification, skillful, and wish to use it, and I do. It's time to Yes. 128 experience the fortification. The lightning attack is absorbed by the magical barrier you erected. The man curses, and before he has time to react, you leap forward and attack. You boldly attack the escaped mage. I can kill my enemy. Or subdue the enemy. Huh. You thought I wouldn't be able to subdue you? Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to subdue you. I'm going to subdue you so hard that you're going to have a, a rather severe headache afterwards. The, the mage's hands crackle with energy as he reaches out for you. Yeah, and I keep, 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 keep hitting him with the flat of my blade. You have subdued your foe. 
66 experience points. Your enemy topples to the ground and lapses into unconsciousness. Three city guardsmen rush into the alley, their weapons drawn as they no, no doubt seek to enact a heavy toll on the man who has slain two of their brothers in arms. When they see the body of the mage, not your feet to relax their, their, their stance and are quick to praise your quick to praise your skill and effort. The guardsmen haul, haul the prisoner to his feet and drag him out of the alley. But not, but not, not before again thanking you for your help. This murderous time has come," says one of the guards as they depart. You make your way out of the alley and once again set off through the city. And in next one is an enchanted evening. Begin the scenario. While strolling on a narrow, tree-lined avenue, dust after dark, your, your ears are met with the sound of chanting from somewhere up ahead. The haunting, melodious chorus of voices is strangely intriguing, and you find yourself drawn to it. You soon arrive at a low stone building with a green door. The door swings open, and you're greeted by a woman in a long, black robe. She smiles warmly and invites you inside. You immediately accept the invitation. Unable to think of anything other than the intoxicating melody of the chorus of chanting voices that spills out through the, through the door onto the street. Once inside, you realise something is dreadfully wrong. Five black-robed figures seated in a circle in the middle of the room. Rise to their feet and move to surround you. The haunting chants continue and seem to rise out of nowhere. You can see no movement from the mouths of any of the figures present. As your pulse begins to race and your every instinct screams danger, you turn and reach for the door. But a horrified discover that it is no longer there. The woman who let, let you in draws a long curved knife as a sinister smile spreads across her face. A lamp a jewel off, she says, as the others continue to close in around you. A sacrifice of non-believing flesh fit for the dark god. You are certain that you now confront six bloodthirsty Kawund. This is an area that you know will give you no quarter. There's a link about the Kawund. The Kawund is the name given to a secretive religious order. Those members have dedicated their lives to worshipping and serving the dark god Joath. Those is believed no recondence has dispered, has dwindled perpetually over, over the many centuries the order has been in existence. Members of this sinister group can be found in all corners of the known world, across almost every walk of life. While the, the official similar guard of the Kun consists of black hooded worms, or, at the very least, entirely black attire. Members of the Dark Order strive to blend into the world around them, assuming normal professions and wearing ordinary clothing. Many believe the ultimate goal of the Quinn is to find a way to allow Joeth and his servants to enter the world. Isn't no, it isn't known whether, whether some Quinn weed or special dark magic Granted to them due to their stronger mention. 
branded and then do their song association with Joraf and his minions, or the spellcasters among the order simply make use of more traditional magical disciplines. The Corrind have long been associated with crime throughout Swift. Tales of roving bands of Corrind mobbing and murdering are not entirely uncommon, particularly in more remote corners of the world. Over the centuries, several prominent personages have been rumoured to have been allied with the Corrind, with a few of those known to believe to have been actually been members of the Dark Order. And, if you remember our Tale of the Merc, we can confirm that. We can confirm that indeed. The eerie chanting-wise is in pictures. Each of the other five black-hoed figures draw long, curved knives and move slowly towards you. The chanting appears to take a toll on your resolve and you find that your will to survive is, is strangely diminished, even in the face of such intimate danger. The woman strikes first. You bravely prepare for combat against a black-robed Kowund. I fight this enemy. With the help... The woman slashes at you with a curved knife. With hope from your spirit, you are able to resist the intoxicating effects of the chanting. And spirit helps me again. And the foe is slain. His vengeance! His vengeance! Intone the five remaining current as they close in around you. The blood of the unworthy will flow as the tide! I got 19 XP also. The two of the Coens step into melee range, brandishing their curved blades with an alarming degree of skill. You brazenly engage two black wound Coens. I fight. They slash with their curved knives. Yeah, and they are slain. 36 XP. The, the, the chanting that fills the room wise, again rises in pictures. Two of the remaining coins step forward, slashing you with their own, with their cool blades. I fight these ones. I slash. Alright, with your hope, with, with some hope from your spirit, you're able to resist the intoxicating effects of the chanting. I'm guessing if I failed that spirit check, I will probably be forced to miss a turn or something like that. Alright, and I fight, and I fight, and they are slain. I think that's just one left now. 36 XP. The last remaining current rises. Places his hand, and an overwhelming sensation of nausea washes over you. Your eyes begin to burn, and it feels as if every inch of your skin is crawling as the lone current closes in with his curved knife. Your body fights to stave off the effect of the dark magic that assails you. Pick a random number, 1 to 100, bonus of 20 from my body statistic. And I've got to get 50 or more to pass. Otherwise, some bad thing will happen. Failure. Wave after wave of the foul sensation whacks your body and proves to be more than your constitution is able to bear. The dark magic has taken a deadly toll on you. 14 SP damage. Oh, ow, 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 ow. 
miraculously, you have survived the ordeal. Uh, and as the effects of the sinister magic start to fade, you find yourself fending off the last of the current in a brutal melee. I fight the Black World current. I fight... And the chanting is still happening, and I'm still resisting it. Who is chanting? There's only one left, and he's too busy fighting. Is it some sort of magic chanting that just continues? Do they have a Walkman? <laughs> I don't think they exist in this world. It's magic. The coin slashes you with his curved knife. The chanting tries to stop me, but I keep going. You have slain your foe. 36 experience. Upon the death of the last of the Koan, the eerie chanting that fills the small building rapidly fades to silence. You make a quick search of the premise and shock to discover four people bound and gagged in the room towards the back of the building. You free the three men and one woman, and they immediately embrace you. Thank you profoundly. As you... As, you t as, the, as they tell you, the crow are planning on sacrificing and eating them. Oh, come on. Now that's just, that is even further outside, outside the social acceptableness. Thankful to have survived the encounter with the wicked Kurund, and happy you were able to help these people, you quickly set off on your way, eager to put the matter out of mind. I got 32 experience to general. Okay, here we go. And now I've done nine scenarios so far. Here's number ten. A master of deception. Begin the scenario. A cold autumn evening finds you enjoying the ale of the Huntsman Inn in Central Tursa. And what in Central Zir. And watching the antics of a card trickster in its com in its common room. The clever performer has attracted quite a cloud and seems to be truly enjoying mystifying them with slight, hand, slight of hand trickery. You're intrigued by the spectacle, but something about the middle-aged man in the fanciful blue shirt doesn't seem quite right. Time and a time again, you catch him casting eerie sidelong glances at you, and on nearly every occasion, the incident elicits an involuntary shudder. As the trickster continues his act, acts for the carwin patients, you finish your ale and slip out of the out of the inn. You are soon strolling along one of Sears' broad central thoroughfares. The crisp air crisp of this frigid autumn night is a refreshing change from the stuffy common room of the inn. You've been walking for less than five minutes when the sound of rapidly approaching footballs reaches your ears. You turn to find the performer from the inn whirling on the street in your direction. He waves his hand to signal and smiles as he draws it. Zoop! Right! He, he, he asks, still out of breath from his run. Alarmed by the use of your name, you instinctively reach for your weapon. Please, I didn't mean to startle you, adds the man, who seems to have last regained his breath. I have something for you. In one swift look, through emotion, the man retrieves a bulging leather pouch from inside his tunic and flings it at your chest. The pouch strikes your chest and exploded into a choking cloud of silvery dust. Your, your, your eyes water profusely and your breath becomes shallow and ragged 
as you stumble and collapse to the ground. Last thing you see before you are robbed of consciousness is the leering face of the trickster staring down at you. Please continue. You awake with a start and spring to your feet. A pair of torches cling to the far wall, bathing the small stone chamber in which you find yourself in a lurid yellow light. The four walls that surround you appear solid, and your pulse quickens when you realise you can no longer see no way in or out of the chamber. Suddenly, a lone figure emerges from a dark core on the far side of the womb and bows. You instantly recognise him to be the performer from the Huntsman Inn, the man who followed you into the street, the man who knew your name, and the man who has brought you here much against your will. You've nothing to fear from me, he says, his voice soothing on Jensen. I need a hero of your stature of honor to truly put my newly acquired power to the test. And test I must, for there's precious little time for what I need to achieve. Vicious snarled your left, snapped your head in that direction. And you're shocked to discover a large black wolf stalking out the shadows. You're certain this creature is an elaborate illusion, crafted by your mysterious captor. But that fact is of little consolation, as it, as it does nothing to lessen the danger it presents. With its heckled raised and, and its teeth bared, the wolf bounds across the chamber and leaps at you. An illusionary wolf. However, just because it's an illusion doesn't mean it can't kill you, somehow. I guess it's like the hollow. The holodecks on Star Trek, but with the safety off, because nobody invented safety modes. I've slain this foe. 6XB. Well done, exclaims the man. Oddly enough, the congratulatory tone of his voice seems genuine. This will be better than I could have ever imagined. You turn to Stark after Cranbier towards the mysterious illusionist, determined to get to the bottom of this matter matter by any means necessary. However, well, you're taking less than three, taking less three steps when the clanking of the metal armour reaches your ears. As the shadows on your right steps a fully armed goblin warrior, the cave goblin thrusts a stone-tipped spear at you and quickly moves in for the attack. You sense another illusion and another brutal melee about to ensue. An illusionary goblin warrior. Alright, I fight. The illusionary warrior stabs at you with his spear. But it still hurts. Yes, like this, this brutal stroke just did set seven damage. Somehow. You've slain your foe. Eleven XP. Impressive! Singularly impressive, cries the illusionist. This is all going splendidly. A low rumble precedes the, ab- the abrupt appearance of a hulking ogre less than five feet from you. The menacing beast snorts loudly and smashes the floor with, with his heavy wooden club before stomping in your direction. You now prepare for combat against an illusionary ogre. And I fight. I just rolled a twenty. Doing 39 damage, that's it's more than half down. And I fight, I fight again, and it is down. Okay. 
Just a few more. Last and mysterious illusionist, 20 XP. You're doing quite well, Zoop. Much better than any of the others I've used. The illusion of a forest troll, complete with bloodstained claws, takes form in the centre of the chamber. The terrifying beast lopes across the room and strikes at you. You manage to make an initial attack and are quick to counter it. I fight an illusionary forest troll. Remember, just because it's an illusion doesn't mean it can't kill you. The illusionary troll, hurls with rage, swipes at you with deadly claws. And I, I keep... Oh, okay, oh, 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 oh and it, uh, it is slain. 29 XP. Perhaps something a little more challenging is in order, says the illusionist. A deafening roar fills the chamber as a towering, winged, black-scaled demon lumbers into view. His illusion that is, is that of a minor demon, complete with a broad-bladed sword that crackles with energy. The demon strides across the room towards you. It's fang bare, fangs bare, and its sword weighs to strike you down. You defiantly face an illusionary winged demon. Begin combat. The illusionary demon slashes you with his mighty sword and has laid a brutal stroke on me for 11 damage. Somehow. Somehow, an illusion hurt me. That's just how it works here. I guess I guess that's just part of the power of the Nevermore realm where illusion magic comes from. Is that sometimes... The things can, the illusionary things, can be real, somehow. You've slain your foe. 37 experience points. I am truly without words to describe this last year. Last, the illusionary one. You'll appreciate this next one, Zoop. I consider it the crowning achievement of my newfound discipline. A loud hiss precedes the arrival of a truly terrifying illusion. A massive blue-scale serpent slides into view and draws up before you. Its canaveral jaws open wide as it prepares to strike. You boldly fight an illusionary serpent. Now remember, it can still. The illusionary serpent rears back and strikes. The enemy sinks a sharp set of fangs into your flesh. Oh no. Can I be poisoned by illusionary poison? I have no idea. I know I could be hurt by an illusionary weapon. But the thing is, that would continue beyond the lasting of the illusion. Who knows? Who knows? The illusory serpent wears back and snaps. And we six a sharp set of fangs into your flesh. Any damage there. I just keep fighting. I try not to think too much about how this works. Just keep fighting. It is slain. Oh, and my, wep- my weapon savagely decimated my foe for 41 damage just now. You've slain your foe. Invaluable! You are indeed worthy of the praise I've heard bestowed upon you. I just got 17 XP. The illusionist steps back against the far wall and begins to rapidly fade from view. You'll find a small token of my appreciation behind you, he says. His voice trailing away to a whisper as he disappears. 
Please, no, Zoop. There was no other way. You turn behind and surprise to discover a wooden door now set into the wall behind you. Before the door lies a sizable iron strongbox. Inside the strongbox you discover a large quantity of gold which you can take. You know what? If you just said, I have some illusionary foes for you to fight, I will pay you 1,000 gold if you defeat them. I'd have probably took this up. Yeah, I should definitely book it up. You just put, put a sign up in a pub saying, come fight at the arena of, come fight at, at, at Blog Tour's discount illusionary arena. 1,000 gold for those who defeat all these champions. Warning, these illusions can somehow kill you. I don't know how that works. 1,000 gold tokens. People with a melee rating of less than 70 need not apply. Or something like that. <laughs> yes, it could have just asked. It could have just asked. I don't, I don't mind fighting lots of things. You open the door and note that it leads. Yeah, I got a thousand gold tokens. You open the door and know it leads out in the street where you initially encountered the mysterious illusionist. Without further delay, you step out through the door and onto the broad street. Once again once on the street, you turn around and are shocked to discover the building you just exited is not there. A broad alley sits in its place, ending in a dilapidated, mossy wall. Wary from the night's events... Events and with your mind still wheeling from the odd encounter, you set out to find a good draught of ale, hoping, hoping it will help to soothe your jangled nurse. For some reason, you decide to seek out, out the ale at some place other than the Huntsman Inn. Please continue. Now, let's see. Now, the next. Now the next part begins begins a little begins a seven part seven part narrative which I want to have in its own which I want to have in its own have in its own episode. So I'm going to I'm going to stop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.